Hey, this is Joseph here. Welcome to the Who Are You podcast. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for tuning in. The Who Are You podcast is produced fortnightly for your learning and enjoyment. Show notes are found at www.ruvand.co.uk Do come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favourite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow me on Facebook. All links are in the show notes. Today it's about my musings on being in the middle the middle ground. Now let's get into the show. How come so many ambitious people end their careers in middle management? How come the normal distribution curve when plotted on a graph, the normal distribution that shows where most people fall into in any population, how come the Fatterspat is in the middle. How come when two people we love, mother and wife, mother and father, two siblings are in a dispute and we are caught in the middle? How come we don't take sides? How come in a customer service relationship, where the employer wants something different from what the customer wants, we are holding the balance. We don't take sides. At least most times, most people don't take sides. How come that's what works with diplomacy? We attempt to keep keep balance. We are cautious. We play it safe. Keep our head below the parapet by staying in the middle. Does it serve us really? Even if it serves us in the short term by keeping us safe, does it serve us in the long term? It strikes me that if squeezed between two opposing ends, staying in the middle will cause both forces to be um impressing up on us to the same extent. But if we moved closer to one, the pressure on one side would reduce and the pressure on one side would build. Is that better or is that worse than being in the middle and feeling the pressure from both sides the same way? To illustrate my question a bit better, let's look at academia people who teach in higher education, where people are often drawn between paying most attention to research or to teaching. And many people try to do both, even if what that's what the system wants us to do. How come we don't take sides and decide to do research and be very good at research or better at research, accepting we will not be good teachers or good teachers and that we will not be researchers or good researchers.
or a senior lecturer or professor who's promoted to be head of department or dean of a school, where they're required to be a business manager alongside being an academic. And many people would choose to be both rather than take sides and either be a very good business manager and leaving the academics behind or be a very good academic and choose not to take up the position. Which serves us better? Or when there's a trade-off required between quantity of research, for example, and the quality, many people will want to do both. Be in the middle and do um, average quality research and average and average numbers of research rather than few very high quality ones or many lower quality ones. Or again in communication where there are formal lines of communication and informal lines of communication in organizations we choose to do both rather than favor one and cut out the other one. Favor gossip and not pay that much attention to formal lines of communication or favor the formal lines of communication and not pay any attention or try to kill off the sources of gossip. Uh, I shouldn't say gossip, I should say the grapevine. So cut out the grapevine, not gossip. Could it be that we don't know well enough who we are, what our strengths are, what our destination is, and we don't know that clearly enough, we don't know those clearly enough, and even if we do know them, we don't believe strongly enough to take a stand. Yet, we admire people who do take that stand and don't stand in the middle. When I say who we are, I mean who our being is, who we really are, not the mask, not the facade that we might, we might show, but what the ideals that are closest to us, that are really important to us, what those are, what those ideals, those few ideals that we have alongside us whenever we are being our best. Those ideals could be honesty, could be integrity, power, wealth, kindness, and lots of other ones. Do you know what your own ideals are when you are being your best? What ideals you have by you that you live by? that anyone who observes you sees that in your behavior, not in your thinking, in your behavior, in who you are being, not the individual actions, but what those actions say about the person who's 
doing them. Not what you have, but who the person who has those things is. What comes to mind for you? What of your own destination? By this I mean where you are going, what the future you really desire is. What that future you want, if anything were possible, if you weren't afraid, if you didn't try to balance both ends. And your strengths. A lot of my thinking around strength was developed by um, Dave, Dave Clifton and Marcus Buckingham in their book, Discover Your Strengths, which led to the Strengths Finder many of us might be familiar with. And the, the fact that many people who excel don't try to be balanced that they find out what their strengths are and develop those strengths. They don't devote as much time to what we would call their weaknesses, the things that they are not so good at. They didn't say this, but I took from that. If you pay attention to your strengths, but are humble enough to know that that is not the full story, then you would see other people's strengths and bring close to you people who have strengths that complement yours and people whose strengths help manage your weaknesses. So you don't try to be rounded. You get other people to round you so that you can excel and they can excel. It made a huge impact on me and led me into studying strategy and a few other ways I've connected with people because I paid attention to what my strengths are, the things I enjoy, the things I pay attention to, the things I learn easily. So what if you know all these about yourself? who you are, your strengths, your destination, your your ideals, would you still be able to look in your employer's organization, in your organization, and see where there is an intersection between what the company wants for its growth and profitability and what your strengths are, your unique strengths are? so that you can apply them fully without having to balance out what you are not so good at. If you work in the public sector, instead of growth and profitability, it would be public service that you can develop public service to the higher standards using your unique strengths and who you really are. Is that possible for you? But then this requires work on your part to understand who your employer is. What are their values? 
What is the mission? What are the key objectives? What is the strategy of the company for achieving these objectives and getting the mission? However junior you are in the organization, if you understood those and understood yourself, would it make your day more interesting? Would it make your work more challenging in a good way if you are playing fully to your strength whilst working towards where the organization is ultimately going? I know organizations are unique and many would not ordinarily let you find out these things or pursue a career where your strengths are always evident but then it is left for you to manage your career. No organization will manage your career for you, except of course if there's a succession planning framework and you are part of the people who are being moved to succeed the leaders. That's the only time you will get your career managed for you. But then that career is being managed for the organization's benefit. And tipping my hat at the politics of organizations that we know that your immediate boss, what is really important to them in terms of what they want from work? Do you know this? And could playing to your strengths help them achieve this at the same time as helping you make your own progress? Perhaps... As that manager who knows themselves and knows what the organization is doing, if you choose your focus, a focus that aligns with your strengths, and you delegate effectively, which in my view is you choose well who to delegate to, possibly ahead of time, develop them, trust them, motivate them and hold them to account. This might actually support your being your best without bad being balanced, but throwing your energies into what you are good at and allowing other people with your trust to show what they are good at. Yes, it will mean that you have to develop them to also play to their strengths and to know who they are so that you could delegate effectively to them. And when you trust them and there's a mistake, yes, as a manager, you would have to deal with the consequences. But then that's part of why you're a manager. And you might learn lessons about how to delegate even more effectively than you did the first time and how to retain control whilst allowing people the latitude to play to their strengths fully. So I'll go back to my question. Is being in the middle working for you? is holding the balance rather than taking sides, keeping your head below the parapet, playing safe, 
is that working for you in the long term as well as in the medium term? If it isn't, what options have I raised for you in this talk? Are any of them viable to explore further? Perhaps by staying in and playing fully until you are out, you might get different results and you might enjoy the journey. Thank you once more for listening. I hope it causes you to take some action.